0: Hey, this is Jeremy Isaacs, lead pastor of Generations Church, where we want to live like it matters. For more information about our church, you can visit us at g.church. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Thanks again for listening. Man, you just sounded great this morning, and and I say that a, a good bit because you do sound so good. If you're in the room, I can actually hear you with my ears. If you're online, I feel like I hear you with my soul, but uh, if you don't sing good, I don't tell you that, and so um, I'm telling you, you sounded great today, and I just appreciate your worship and you just engaging in worship. You know, I, I said before uh, we, we started back meeting in person that I was going to cry during worship, and obviously I do uh, semi-regularly, I am a crier, I, I un, unapologetically, unashamedly, but 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 also know beyond that that for us, many of us, uh, you kind of get out of the habit of singing corporately. You know, that wasn't something that we were able to do for several months, and and so sometimes when you're streaming, you're able to sing and sing out loud in your living room, but other times maybe you don't, and and so corporate singing is something you kind of get out of the habit of. Uh, Other than the happy birthday song, think about like how often do you actually sing out loud in public, right? Some of you all the time, and that's great. Uh, I, I love people like you. I hope you're on my side of heaven when we get there, but for the rest of us, maybe that's not something that you do regularly. So I just appreciate when you come into an environment like this, and you sing out loud, and you worship God. Man, you just add so much to my worship experience, and so I'm thankful for that. Uh, You know, this past Friday, we had a blood drive here at the church. We partnered with the American Red Cross, uh, and it was an awesome day. We've been talking about it for several weeks. Uh, We found out that about 800,000 blood appointments, blood donation appointments were canceled because of COVID and and the quarantine, and so we wanted to help be a part of the solution. So we opened up our facility and, and helped to register people, and we had a great day. Our goal that they set for us was 30 people as a first-time host here in our community, and uh, we exceeded that. We had 41 people registered to give blood, and uh, they gave us some stats after it was over um, that I thought were amazing. They're going to throw these up on the screen for you, but we helped with the blood that was donated here to save 68 lives, which to me is, is, it's like, okay, well, how do they know that? Like, I don't know. I'm not sure what the math looks like, but these people do, and I'm thankful that this is not some kind of philosophical, you know, figurative thing. Like, we actually help to connect to the needs of of people. And so I'm thankful for that. Thanks to those of you that signed up and gave. Thanks to those of you that served. We opened our facility. About 42% of those who donated were not even attenders of our church. They came into our facility and you served them so well. So thank you for that. Um, Just an awesome, awesome day for us to reach into our community and try to meet needs. That's that's our heart here, and so I'm thankful for that. Uh, And then just one other kind of announcement-type thing. I've mentioned it a couple times. I'll mention it several more, I'm sure. Uh, But two weeks from today, on October the 11th, is our Dedication Sunday. We've been back in our facility here in this new space uh, for a couple of months now. Uh, But we've set that side of day, October the 11th, to really just kind of pause a lot of all that we're doing in ministry and really consecrate this space and dedicate this space to the Lord, Uh, My pastor, Dr. Mark Walker, will be here to speak that day, uh, and we've got some other things planned just to celebrate God's goodness and his faithfulness to us, and I'd love for you to be a part of that. If you're watching online and you have the ability to come that day I would love for you to come and join us in person on Sunday October the 11th it's gonna be a special day for our dedication Sunday and I hope that you'll be with us Uh, so today we are continuing in this series that we started a few weeks ago called heart smarts guts and luck and what I told you a few weeks ago when we started is this was a business book that I read several years ago about entrepreneurs and how they found success some of them find success by leading with their heart their passion some through smarts and strategy others just kinda through their guts their risk takers and then others, they just seem to be the luckiest human beings alive. And while we're not really using that content for the specifics of this series, I stole the title because I really felt like it, it was very appropriate for us as we try to determine how does God accomplish His plans in our lives. And so we started two weeks ago, and we looked at the idea of our heart. we got to give our whole heart to God. And then he takes that heart and the passions of our heart, the burdens of our heart, and he uses that to position us in the places that he desires to use us. And then last week we talked about smarts. And we said that ultimately for all of us, there's a difference between wisdom and knowledge. Knowledge is knowing something. Wisdom is knowing how to apply that something. And so we said knowledge can give an answer, but wisdom can give advice. And so for us, as we try to determine how is God going to accomplish his plans in our life, we got to have wisdom and apply the truth of who God is. Here's what we want you to know right up front. We've said this each week. I will say it again next week. God has a plan for your life. God absolutely has a plan for your life, from the youngest to the oldest, male, female, single, married, Republican, Democrat, it doesn't matter. God has a plan for you. And what we want you to know is that not only does God have a plan for you, you can't really do anything to take that truth away. Now, you can try to get out of that plan. You can try to you know, run away from God and all of those things. I'm thankful for the grace of God that can bring us back into the fold and forgive us of those things. You can't really run too far to be outside the grace of God. And so I'm thankful for that. But God has a plan for you. And what we said is that in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and my dad taught me this when I was a little boy because his mom made him memorize it. And so this idea that we trust in the Lord with all of our heart, And we lean not in our own understanding, in our own smarts, but in all of our ways, if we have the guts to really acknowledge him and be obedient in him, that God will direct our paths. It's the sovereignty, the providence of God as he leads and guides our lives. And so we believe that God has a plan for you. And so how do you find that plan and how does God really accomplish that plan in your life? So today we're going to talk about guts. Now, when I say guts, maybe you think about something specific. Maybe you think about some type of sports endeavor. Maybe you think about the military. Whatever it is that you might think about related to guts, here's how we're defining guts today. Guts is bravery or determination. And I love this definition because it's kind of two separate things, right? I mean, it's all encapsulated in one, but like bravery is not usually a term that we ascribe to ourselves. Bravery is usually something that someone ascribes to us. they were a very brave person, But bravery, if we were going to define that, is just the idea of showing mental or moral strength to face danger or fear or difficulty, like to have the strength to stand up against something. Well, here's what I love about bravery. Bravery is something that you can demonstrate, you can practice every moment, We're always facing some type of adversity or opposition. We're always in the face of something that wants to try to stop us from the things that God desires to do. And so you always have the opportunity to exercise some level of bravery. Well, the second part of this definition is determination. And when we think about determination, we're talking about a firmness of purpose. You've heard us say, you already heard us in this service, you've heard us, if you've been here any length of time, talk about discovery track. And when we talk about Discovery Track, what we say about it is that we want to help you discover your purpose, that we believe you were created on purpose for a purpose. Now, if you've attended here more than a week, you may tune us out when we start talking about that. And that's okay. I can understand that because we say it every single week because we really do believe that you were created on purpose for a purpose. So let me ask you right now, what's your purpose what is your purpose? If I were to call you up on stage, which I know would make some of you difficult, or like that would be difficult for you right now, it'd make you so nervous, you'd start sweating, you're sweating just thinking about it. If I were to call you up right now, or I was to put your picture while you're streaming, we were just to kind of Zoom you in, FaceTime you in, put you up on the screen, hand you a microphone and say, hey, tell us your purpose. Could you actually tell us? What we believe is that God has a purpose for your life. It's unique to you. Now, there's some commonality for all of us as we are conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, but that purpose is how God's uniquely wired and gifted you for the purposes that God wants to accomplish through you to help draw people closer to him, to illuminate them to who he is and to his grace and to his love and to his mercy for all of us. And so you have a purpose, and when you discover that purpose, then you can stand firmly in that purpose against anything that would come against you. So bravery and determination really help us to really unlock how God accomplishes his plans in our lives. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11 says it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. If you don't know who you are, I encourage you to lean into Christ. It's in Christ that you find out who you are. But also if you don't know your purpose, if you don't know what you're living for, Lean into Christ because it's in Christ that we find out what we're living for. And so we believe that as we lean into that, as we understand that more and more, we can stand firmly in that purpose with determination and with bravery, with the guts to chase after all that God has for us. And to really unlock this, to really help us to understand this today I want to look at three Bible stories quickly. You're like, three, wow, that's going to take a little while. It will, but it's fine. Like, you're in the 11 o'clock. There's no other service after us. We'll eat dinner together tonight. Just a couple of hours will be done. It'll be great. Loosen up, folks. Just loosen up. I could tell you needed something, right? So here's the deal. We're going to look at three stories very, very quickly. The first of them is found in the end of the book of Genesis. It's really kind of the, the chunk of the second half of the book of Genesis. And it's really the story of Joseph. Joseph was a young man that God gave a dream When he was like 17 years old, he was a teenager, God gave him this dream. And Joseph did what many people would do. He told, he entrusted to his family this dream. Well, the dream was that eventually his family, the the sun, the moon, the 11 stars, which was his mom, his dad, and his 11 brothers, that they would come and bow down to him And Joseph's family reacted to Joseph's dream about the way you would if your son or your brother said, hey, eventually in life, you're going to serve me. You're going to bow down to me. They hated him for it, right? They hated that he had this dream and his brothers hated that his father loved him and gave gifts to him, including this coat of many colors. And so one day, because of, they hated him so much, because of this dream, because of how much they envied his relationship with his father, one day they, they took him, they threw him in a pit, they took his coat, they ripped it to shreds, they dipped it in animal blood, they took it back to his dad and said, hey, Joseph's dead. He, he's, been, he's been eaten by an animal. But then they were like, okay, now we got to do something with him. He's just down in a pit. And so they sold him into slavery, and he is carried off to a foreign country. And when he gets there, he's sold again now to a man named Potiphar. Potiphar's this rich landowner, and Potiphar has some wealth, and so he, he acquires Joseph. Well, then he sees that the hand of God, the favor of God, is on Joseph's life, and he elevates Joseph to be the second in command in his house. There's, there's no one other than Potiphar who has more authority in Potiphar's house than Joseph. Well, Joseph's a good-looking, well-built young man, as we're about to read here. And, and, And so Potiphar's wife takes notice of Joseph. This is what it says, beginning in verse 6 of Genesis 39. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care with Joseph in charge. He did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Now Joseph was well built and handsome, and after a while his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, Come to bed with me, but he refused. With me in charge, he told her, My master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you because you're his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her, even be with now i don't want to go too far down this road but here's what i want you to know today it would have been easy for this young man to say yes this 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 opportunity presented itself to him and this was a young man who was where he was through no fault of his own like his brothers hated him his brothers lied about him his brothers betrayed him he was sold twice He's not even in his hometown anymore. He's not in his home country anymore. And like it would have been easy for him to think, man, something good should happen here. I deserve whatever comes to me. It would have been very easy for him to say yes in this moment. But instead of saying yes, he recognized that this was not God's best for him. And if he said yes to this, it probably meant saying no to the dreams that God had placed in his heart. And so often we are left with that kind of choice. We come to these moments where we have to hold on and believe what God has previously spoken to us or say yes to what's right in front of us. And we try to figure out, can I, can I choose? What, how do I make the right decision? Well, often the right decision just comes down to having self-discipline. Discipline is ultimately just saying no to what you want now for what you want most. And so here's some examples of, of discipline. It, it's saying no to dessert. Because you want to get healthier. You want want to grow up healthy and see your grandchildren and you want to be in good shape. So it's saying no in that instance, even though you want to say yes. It's saying no to the new toy because maybe you want to be able to retire earlier. You want to have a little more money in the bank when the end of the month comes and not always be waiting on that paycheck just to pay the bills. It's it's saying no to the person right in front of you because you want to say yes to the person that God is saving for you. Having guts means saying no sometimes. It's, it's learning when you're supposed to say no, believing that there's a better yes coming. And this woman was a distraction. This woman was a distraction to take Joseph's eyes off of the dreams that God had placed in his heart. And Joseph was able to identify that distraction and to say, I'm not gonna say yes to this because I wanna say yes to what God has for me. And so the question for all of us in a moment like this is what distractions are present in your life right now? What are the distractions? What are the things that are all around you that are vying for your attention, that are begging you to say yes? But if you say yes to that distraction, you're actually saying no to God's best for you. It's not always that it's sinful. Sometimes it is, but it could just be that it's not God's best for you, Do you have the courage? Do you have the conviction? Do you have the self-discipline to say no to those distractions, believing that God has a better yes for you to come? Joseph recognized this. Now, hey, spoiler alert, the end of the story of Joseph, if you go all the way to Genesis chapter 50... Eventually, at the end of this story, what you see is that his family does come to him. He is elevated through twists and turns, including Potiphar throwing him into prison and and, and kind of believing the lie that his, his wife told about him and all of these things. Like He eventually gets to Pharaoh, and he is elevated through the favor of God to be the second most powerful man in Egypt. And His family comes during a time of famine, and they do bow down, not even recognizing who he is. The dreams of God come to pass in Joseph's life. Now, I don't know how it works. I don't know how the grace of God ultimately works and the sovereignty of God. And I can't say with absolute conviction that he wouldn't have ended up there because I believe that God gives second chances and third chances and hundred and third chances and nine hundred and third chances. I believe in that. But I do believe that if Joseph would have said yes to this woman, it's possible that he would have been rerouted to a different yes for God. I don't know how it all plays out, but I just know this woman was a distraction. And the guts of this story for Joseph was knowing when to say no. There's another story in the book of Genesis. If you go really to the beginning of the book, you see creation and you see humanity uh, being formed and you see this people beginning to be formed and then you eventually see sin enter the world and then you see that sin turn into the wickedness of humanity and God surveys that wickedness and identifies one righteous man in the midst of all of this wickedness. And he says, I must punish the wickedness of the earth. And so he identifies Noah as a guy he's going to use to save humanity and to save uh, the animals so that the, the earth could, could kind of get restarted after he judges and punishes sin. And so God says to Noah, I'm going to punish the earth and the wickedness of the earth, and I want you to build a boat. Now, you, you know this story, even if you're not a Christian, not a really a Bible person, you know Noah and the ark. It's, it's this boat, it's this ark that was built so that they could be sustained when the storm came, when the floods came. And as I've said maybe hundreds of times now, you know, God says to Noah, I want you to build a boat. He's like, great, what's a boat? He's like, it's the thing you're going to live in when it rains. He's like, awesome, what's rain? And so this is all new. And when I'm thinking about this story of Noah here, I recognize that in this instance, guts for Noah was not saying no. Guts for Noah was saying yes. Because God was asking him to do something that seemed crazy. Can you imagine Noah telling his wife what he's got to do in the backyard? hey, I got to build a boat back out you know, in, the, in the back. Like your garden, we got to get rid of that. I got to put a boat out there. Like I don't even tell my wife we're building a boat in the backyard, but sometimes she looks at me like, you're kind of crazy. I don't understand what the words that are coming out of your mouth right now. And so I can't imagine if I told my wife we're going to build a boat. And she's like, great, what's a boat? What's the thing God told me that we got to build so we can live in it? So evidently we're moving when the floods come and destroy the earth. And she's like, Noah, I mean, we're going to need to talk to some people. There's some people we're going to need to talk to to get the things in your head. Like, can you imagine the craziness? Imagine when the boat got bigger than the back fence, and the neighbors are looking next door, and they're like, what's Noah doing? I don't, what is he building back there? I thought it was a treehouse, but now it's like a boat. I don't understand what Noah... Saying yes to God sometimes brings with it ridicule. It brings with it people looking at you like you're crazy. And where Joseph, being gutsy, was knowing when to say no, for Noah, it was knowing when to say yes. And here's what it says in Genesis chapter 6, verse 22. It says, Noah did everything just as God commanded him. Noah did everything. Five or six different times over the course of three chapters of Scripture, you see this phrase. Noah did everything that God commanded. Noah did all that God commanded. If I could paraphrase and rework this verse into Jeremy language, the Jeremy translation of Scripture, Noah said yes over and over again. Noah said yes to God. Noah just kept saying yes to God. Noah just kept saying yes over and over and over again. I want to be that kind of of man. I want you to be that kind of man or woman, boy or girl, that just constantly says yes to God over and over and over again, no matter what God is asking you to do. Like, how crazy could you ask me to do? Like, this is unthinkable. But I'm in, God, okay, whatever. Like, yes, if this is you, I hear your voice. It doesn't make sense. People are gonna think I'm crazy, but people probably already think I'm crazy. So yes, God, I'm in. Guts sometimes isn't just saying no. Guts sometimes is saying yes. And here's what I love about the story of Noah. He didn't cheat the plans. He did all that God commanded. He didn't negotiate the size or the timing or the instructions. It didn't take a week. It didn't take a month or a year. According to scripture, It took him somewhere between 80 and 120 years to build this boat. I mean, like, think about how long you've served in a job you hate. And you're like, I'm quitting tomorrow. Like, Monday's always a good day to quit. And let me just stop for a second and say, Monday's a terrible day to quit, right? Wait till Tuesday. If you still feel that way, then talk to somebody you love. Never quit on Monday, right? Everybody hates Monday. But 120 years of Noah just constantly getting ridiculed by his friends and his family for being obedient to God, sometimes guts is just knowing when to say yes. One last story. We go to the New Testament. This is a story I referenced last week. One of my favorite guys in the New Testament, it's Peter. He's one of the 12 He's one of the three that followed Jesus, and if you ask Peter, he's not here today, but if you ask him, I know what he would tell you. He would tell you he was the favorite, right? He was Jesus' guy. He was constantly trying to speak up. He was constantly trying to run and get close to Jesus. He was constantly trying to tell everybody how much Jesus loved him and how many things he could do for Jesus. Like, he was that guy. I love Peter. And so when I think about the story of Peter, I recognize there's so many amazing things that happened in Peter's life But one of the most amazing stories, and it's great that we can only say one of the most amazing, because there's several amazing things that happen. One of the most amazing things happened one night when Peter and the disciples were on a boat and Jesus was not with them. This is what we read in Matthew chapter 14, beginning in verse 25. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. And then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. Joseph knew when to say no, and Noah knew when to say yes. You know what Peter did? He just raised his hand. So my brother Jason and his wife Andrea have four awesome kids. Like four amazing kids. I love them. Uh, He's got two daughters, Sadie and Nora. And Sadie plays sports at her school. She's, She's a great soccer player, sweet girl. Nora is one of the most creative people you've ever met in your whole life. Super creative, just an awesome personality, so gifted. They have two sons, Solomon and Zeke. Zeke is four and Zeke's my buddy. Okay, so Zeke FaceTimes me a couple times a week. Usually without his parents knowing, And often, when he's in his room in trouble and he stole the iPad, okay? So my phone will ring, and it'll be a FaceTime from my brother's email address. And so I usually know what's coming, but I'll answer it, and I see, like, the side of Zeke's head while he lays in the bed, and he's like, hey, I'm in my bed. I'm in trouble. What are you doing? (laughs) So I'm like, well, I'm hanging out. Like, what'd you get in trouble for? And it's always funny stuff. Like, it's always amazing. I love Zeke. He's, He's great. Solomon is six and uh, I want to tell you two quick stories about Solomon that will make you fall in love with Solomon like I'm in love with Solomon so Solomon uh, a couple months ago the family this was when quarantine was going on they they had really just been a few weeks into quarantine in their home and so they decided hey we're going to make breakfast for dinner tonight and all the kids are going to help and so Sadie and Nora helped to make the pancakes and the bacon Zeke helped to set the table and Solomon made the eggs And so it had been a rough couple weeks, like those with with kids, you know, some of the quarantine, like you just kind of, you know, just kind of, it was like sandpaper rubbing up against each other after a few days, like you just kind of got irritated easier with one another. And so when they sat down for dinner, my brother and his wife decided we're going to affirm the kids tonight. We're just going to have fun. We're going to play a little game. And so Jason said, hey, I want to, I want to give some shout outs tonight. I want to give a shout out to Nora. Man, Nora, you had a great attitude today. Thank you for your attitude. Just shout out to Nora. Andrew said, hey, I want to give a shout-out to Sadie. Man, these pancakes are amazing. I want to give a shout-out to Zeke. Like, you set the table. It looks awesome. And Solomon raises his hand. They said, yeah, Solomon, what's up? He said, hey, can we give shout-outs to ourselves?" And Jason said, well, yeah, you can give a shout-out to yourself. He was like, I want to shout-out myself because these eggs are phenomenal. (laughs) I love that story about Solomon. I love the confidence it takes to shout-out yourself because you made phenomenal eggs. But Solomon started kindergarten this fall. And because of what their school system's doing there in their community, it's all online. And we've done some online school. Our kids are back face-to-face now here in Cherokee County. But we've done some online school. But man, I cannot imagine doing online kindergarten. And so Andrea was telling me that the first week of school, every day they set Solomon up with the computer on the table. And he sat there. And every time the teacher asked a question, Solomon threw his hand up every question whether he knew the answer or not and so the teacher would I would call on Solomon yes Solomon he'd give the answer but sometimes she wouldn't call on Solomon because she had to call on some other kids right and and he would get frustrated He's like mom why is she not picking me mom why is she not picking me and she's like well Solomon sometimes she has to pick some other people when I grow up I want to be like Solomon. I want to be like Peter when Jesus came walking on the water, they didn't know if it was a ghost or the savior. But Peter said, Lord, if it's you, can I come to you? Lord, can you, can you call me to come? Lord, I don't know if it's you, but if it's you, will you pick me? And Jesus said, come. Sometimes guts, it's like Joseph knowing when to say no. And sometimes guts is like Noah and it's knowing when to say yes. But sometimes guts is like Solomon and Peter and it's just raising your hand and saying God, will you pick me? God, will you will you include me in whatever it is you're doing? Like I don't I don't even know what you're doing. I don't even know, like, what's happening. I don't know if I'm gifted enough. I don't know if I have the right skill set. I've never actually tried to walk on water. I'm probably going to fall. But Lord, if it's you, will you call me to come? And Jesus said, come. And he hops over the edge of the boat, and he just starts walking to Jesus. Now, yes, you could read the story and go, but when he took his eyes off Jesus, and he put his eyes on the winds and the waves, he began to sink. But then there's this great truth in Scripture that he reached up. Jesus took him by the hand. And the two of them walked back to the boat together. No one else in history can say that except Peter. And you know why Peter got to say it? Because he just raised his hand. And he said, "Would you would you just pick me? Would you would you just would you just would you include me in whatever it is you're doing? Like would you just would you call me to come and to be and to do, I, I don't even, I don't even know what you're doing. I don't even, I don't even know if I'm good at it. I don't even know if I can. I don't, I don't. I may fail. I may sink. I may fall. But Lord, if it's you, would you, would you call me to come? Sometimes guts is saying no. Sometimes guts is saying yes. And sometimes guts is just raising. I don't know what God wants to do in you. And I don't know where God wants to take you. I don't know the plans of God for your life. But here's what I believe. Guts often says stay when you wanna go and go when you wanna stay. Guts is often just giving up your will and your ways to God's will and God's ways and saying yes to God. It takes guts to get where God says go. It takes guts to get where God says go. So here's some questions today. What do you need to say no to? What are the distractions in your life right now? They may or may not even be sinful but they're distractions, they're not God's best for you. They're not connected to the dreams and the plans that God has for your life, and you just need to say no. You need to have the self-discipline to say no to what you want now so that you can say yes to what you want most. What do you need to say no to right now? Here's another question. What do you need to say yes to? In the face of adversity, in the face of ridicule, in the face of people thinking you're crazy, Like, what do you just need to say, God, yes. I'll build a boat. I'll bring animals. I'll go. I'll stay. Yes. Whatever you're asking, yes. And how many of us today, we just need to lift our hands? We need to say, like, I don't want to sit on the sidelines. want to be. God, pick me. Pick me. We're a sports family. Like Tuesday nights, we play three different sports at four different parks. It takes a village, okay? We're a sports family. Here's what I've told my kids as long as they've been playing. You're going to mess up. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to strike out. You're going to make errors. You're going to miss the shot. You're going to make mistakes. But I want you to make your mistakes hustling. If you're gonna make a mistake make it hustling and that's our heart here at Generations Church like we don't want to just sit back on our heels we don't want to just move into a new space and go "Oh man this is nice This is so nice no we believe God led us into this space so that more and more people could come into this space to be exposed to his grace and his love and his forgiveness and his mercy we're gonna make mistakes I'm gonna make mistakes I'm not a perfect leader this is not a perfect church If you find one, let us know, right? Because we'll send some folks over there. We're not perfect. We're going to make mistakes. But when we make them, we're going to make them hustling. We're going to make Jesus known in this community. We want to help you find your purpose, that you were created on purpose, for a purpose, so that you can find fulfillment in life, doing what God has uniquely gifted you to do. We're going to equip the next generation. We're going to fight for families. We believe sons and daughters are going to come back home. We believe that marriages are going to be restored in this community. We're going to give blood, and we're going to serve to meet needs, because we're lifting our hand to say, God, pick us. Pick me, Lord. Pull me into the game. Help me to see what it is you're trying to do and trying to accomplish in the earth and in this community. God, I want to be in your plans. God, would you do in and through me what only you can do. God, help pick me. I raise my hand. I say no to distractions. I say yes to obedience. And God, through faith and trust, I ask you to include me. So I'm going to ask you right now. Just bow your head, close your eyes. Nobody's looking around. Just a moment between you and God. And only you can answer these questions. What do you need to say no to? What do you need to say yes to? And do you need to just lift your hand and ask God to bring you into the plans that He's calling you to in the earth? With nobody looking around, they online today or in person. If you would say to me, Jeremy, for me, I know that I need to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I need to enter into a relationship with him. I need to ask him to forgive my sins. Right now, would you just lift your hand? Let us know. We want to pray for you. Thank you so much. Anybody else, if you're online today, drop that in the chat. Let us know how we can pray for you, the decision that you're making right now. If you would say, Jeremy, for me, I need to say no to some stuff. There's some distractions around me, and I need to say no. If that's you, would you lift your hand right now? Nobody's looking. Just a moment between you and God. Thank you so much. You can put it right back down. Now if you would say, Jeremy, I need to say yes to some stuff. I need to be obedient. God's calling me to something. He's asking something of me and I need to be willing to say yes right now. Lift your hand. Just acknowledge that. Thank you so much. Put it right back down. Thank you so much online today. Let us know. And I'm gonna ask you now, just as a sign of surrender, as a physical, tangible act, if you say, hey, I wanna be included in what God's doing in the earth. I don't even know if I'm the right person for it, but I want God to pick me, to pull me in that's you would you just raise your hand like solomon like peter god pick me include me thank you so much god we thank you today for who you are we thank you god for all that you've done today god we thank you that you save us we thank you that you forgive us and so god now we pray for every hand that was lifted every person that acknowledged their need for you online today those in this room that have made this decision god we thank you for that we thank you for the free gift of salvation God, I believe you're changing eternities right now. God, I pray for every person that lifted their hand to say no to distractions. God, help them to say no right now. No matter how much they desire those things, God, if they're not God's best for their lives, help them to say no. God, I pray for every person that needs to say yes now in obedience, in spite of ridicule, in spite of what others may think or say. God, I pray that you would help them now to say yes and trust you. God, I pray that as we lift our hands and we say, pick us, God, include us, God, help us to be the kind of people that you use for your kingdom purposes, God. God, you would help us to see the plans that you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. And Everybody said, amen. Would you stand with us? Let's worship today in response. Thanks again for listening. If today's message was an encouragement to you, we invite you to share it with your friends and family. Maybe subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It just helps us spread the word about what God's doing here at Generations Church. For more information about the church, visit us at g.church. Have a great day, and God bless.